Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. And snuggly. And snuggly, and we're back. After a long hiatus. Well, yeah. it felt like forever, but... It feels like forever. We only skipped one episode. Yeah. But when you only do two a month, that feels like a long time. It does. And it is. It's a month. Yeah. It felt like a really, <laughs> really long time. Yeah. But everyone was keeping the group alive. And yeah, we kept the, the flame, yeah. uh, the cozy flame. The candle burning. Going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're back, and we promised we'd come in hot. And <laughs> I feel like we're well. Was it wasn't that phrase with the march either coming like a lion or a sheep or something? Is that it? I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't quite. Descri- I'm not making. I can't. The I can't finish this analogy either. <laughs> but so. anyways, we're not really roaring in like a lion. We're more shuffling in, shuffling in like. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Like I a can't. what? <laughs> anyways, we're not. I guess we're not. Roaring in. We're not roaring in. Okay. We're, sh- we're, sh- we're shuffling in. What's cozier to shuffle in anyway? Yes, exactly. Well, it's, it's certainly more respectful. Yeah. No one likes people who just barge into spaces. No, and roaring. Roaring loudly. Yeah. It makes everyone here. uncomfortable. We're just shuffling along. We're, we're shuffling here. along like, 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 you know, like an insane person on the street. Well, <laughs> I was imagining like a sweet... Um, Old lady, yeah, old lady. What's that, that, that fits. What's that game where you press, you have that stick, and you hit the hit the old lady? Oh my <laughs> god, Jillian, what games are you playing? <laughs> the those big discs on the ground. I, I almost want to call it shuffleboard. Maybe, maybe that's why I was thinking. Is of it shuffle- shuffleboard? It probably is. That's why I was thinking about shuffling old people shuffling around a shuffleboard. Well, <laughs> one way or another, we are shuffling on yeah. uh, with this show. So today, we are tidying up with Marie Kondo and attempting to answer the question, is minimalism cozy? The Marie Kondo show tidying up has been a hot topic. Yeah, big hit. So we're going to talk about that and talking about minimalism and coziness. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, when you do think about coziness, I don't know what your image of a cozy place is, but a lot of times we consider it to be clutter. cluttered. Yeah, yeah, and but clutter not in an oppressive way, but clutter, you know, full, fully stacked bookshelf, yeah, not candles too, like, everywhere. Lived in. Yeah, lived yeah, in. lived in, yeah. lots of little blankets and pillows. And I feel like Marie's the, the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. If that, that does not spark joy for you, it's cut. All right. So we'll begin with what's making us feel cozy this week. So this week has been something else for me. So we're recording this the day after the LA teacher strike has ended. So we've reached an agreement with LUSD. I went back to work for the first day today. Must felt nice. And yeah, it, it felt so great. I've never actually been happier to come back to work because it turns out that striking is really hard. I know. It this is. This is the career to rainy I don't week. Know. It was terrible. I, I'm not going to lie. I really did think it would be kind of like a mini vacation. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go on strike, and yeah, I knew it'd be long hours on the picket line, but I felt like, oh, if it's just, you know, sort of standing around and walking all day, when I would come home, my mind would be free to do Mm -hmm. my personal projects, and it was the opposite. Like, I was so beat by the end of the day. First of all, it was raining torrentially in LA Monday through uh, Thursday of the strike, and so we're just soaking wet out there. My feet are wet. Um, it was it, awful. How many hours were you out there a day? The way the strike would work is we'd show up to the school site and pick it from 7 to 9. Mm-hmm. We'd have a bit of a break so we can go downtown to all the marches and rallies happening. That would go from 10.30 to 12. Then you 
find something to eat, get back to your school site for afternoon picketing, which would typically go from, say, 2 to 3.30. Okay. So it's about, like, two-hour segments, all, altogether six hours of picketing. That's all the back But you're just forth. out all day. And the biggest thing is you learn, like, oh, my God, I have nowhere to go to the bathroom. I have mm-hmm. to go find a public restroom. This brings me to what's making me feel cozy. It was truly inspiring and moving the level of support and care and concern the entire community around our school exhibited toward us. Like it was just so beautiful. We had uh, local businesses coming by with free food uh, for lunch and breakfast. We had parents coming by with food. Our own administrators one day just gave us all these snacks and hand warmers and um, things you don't think about. Things you don't think about. Parents of children who go to our school opened up their doors so we could use their restrooms. Wow. There's a, a wellness center right next to, next door to us, a clinic, and they were an, an amazing partner. Like, we could use their bathrooms. We could meet there. They they fed us twice. That's really cool. Even the honking when cars would go pack, past our picket line, cars honking has never meant more to me than when, you know, because you're out there for hours and it's like, oh, God, someone acknowledged me. You need people cheering you You need on. it, right? You need to feel supported, right? And and let alone like the people that you're actually um, striking with, because it is a huge sacrifice. It didn't get paid for six days. Mm-hmm. When you're there with each other, you give each other that uh, strength to keep going. Also small acts of kindness. Exactly. Really, yeah. They really go a long way. And, and it really, it reminds you of the, the true generosity of the human spirit and how that still exists in yeah. communities all around us. And we can get jaded a lot in today's day and age, but... Well, I think sometimes that's the message that's being sent. You know, mm-hmm. everything's going to hell. People hate each other. We've never yeah. been more divided, which I think is, you know, true to an extent. But I think there's also this amazing strength and um, empathy that people have developed through all of this. And you see it in moments like this one. Jillian, what is making you feel cozy this week? Well, because we, we do little notes before we discuss. And it's just, mm-hmm. I laughed when I saw our two different things because yours is so meaningful and special and i'm just like the wind (laughs) (laughs) that is meaningful and special it's a very important element (laughs) matt has like his notes oh community and the proper community and i just say the wind (laughs) (laughs) i love the wind actually i was searching for a new sound will premiere today and it involves the wind so i'm down for the wind very uh, nice dalliance with the wind (laughs) (laughs) jillian is (laughs) <laughs> having affairs with uh, forces of nature. <laughs> a romantic encounter. <laughs> I was in Cathedral City, which is not really romantic at all. It's right outside Palm Springs. And I guess the desert was just going through a really windy moment. So it was, it, I was sleeping. And next thing you know, I, I was actually dreaming of a tornado. It must have been because I was hearing all this wind. At first, like, what's all this racket? But then... <laughs> Yeah, but once I woke up, it was just so enjoyable to hear the howling of the wind and feeling nice and cozy in mm-hmm. the bed, and, oh, also, yeah. and also realizing that I had so many hours to sleep and nothing to do that day mm-hmm. except to just lie there in the darkness, hear the wind howling through the desert, and just wrapping my blanket around me and feeling cozy. I I completely am with you. It is funny the desolate imagery that you created <laughs> with this cozy moment. <laughs> It is terrifying in one way, but also <laughs> I get it. We've, we've talked about it on this podcast a lot, which is coziness really does often, it's heightened when there is something really dangerous happening around you and, mm-hmm. and you are in that safe 
little enclave, right? Yeah, it felt it felt so safe and, and cozy just to realize, yeah, I can just be cozy, listen to Howling Wind, I don't have to you know, wake up anytime soon. Probably not happy time for all, like, I don't know, the lizards out there. The lizards were <laughs> suffering, for sure. It was very... Not a cozy day for them. <laughs> not a cozy but maybe day. they found a little cozy nook in a rock, so... That's true. It's cozy for all. Yeah. <laughs> just listening to nature, I guess, happen outside yeah. of your home is nice. I agree. We don't, we don't get to experience that enough because we're city folk. I feel yeah, I feel like I've rehashed that a billion times. It's sunny here. I don't get weather. Unless <laughs> you're like, tan this wound to hell or something. <laughs> if I hear another Angelino complain about perfect weather, I'm going to scream. Yeah, but I guess move it on. All right, ready for the next segment? Yeah. So uh, let's dive right into our main topic. So right now the show Tidying Up with Marie Kondo is... All the rage. Everyone's talking about it. It's stirring up controversy. Lots of controversy. If you're not familiar with the concept, so Marie Kondo is a an organizational consultant who was famous in Japan. She wrote a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I think that came out in like 2010. It came out it a, a while ago. a long ago. time ago. I guess this has been building momentum internationally. It's been translated into a whole bunch of different languages. And she got her own show. And so it's on Netflix. It's just eight episodes. And every episode features Marie coming into... It, it's all Los Angeles home, so it's always some Angelino. I was kind of disappointed about, because I could imagine... Yeah, you know, I would just like, see people's different approaches to organizing their homes and different vibes. But. Well, that's how I feel a little bit about Queer Eye, which mm-hmm. is also a Netflix show, and it only shoots in Georgia. And I kind of hope if they do a second season of Tidying Up, I don't know if they will, but... I hope they uh, they broaden it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. What's the point of you know get, looking into people's lives? If you're only looking in one area, right? That's just me. They do a decent job of varying it from like people with larger houses to people That's with true. little tiny apartments, different, yeah. and so you have with different kids. yeah with kids without kids. Each episode kind of has a different condition for tidying up, and so with some families, it's they're expecting a child and they want to clean up before the child, or they have children. And retirees. They, they want to clean up after the children or they're empty nesters, right? Is one episode. One episode deals with um, a family who just suffered a loss in their family. And so they're tidying up that person's belongings. That's a super emotional episode. So to tidy up the spaces, she employs her patented KonMari method. So first she goes for clothing. Mm-hmm. So you, you tidy up your clothing. And you take out the whole entire closet. Yeah. And the, uh, part of her whole organizational technique is she takes Everything has to be taken out at once, and then you go through each item individually, and you thank it for... Yeah, if it doesn't give you joy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For, for its service as yeah. an item. If it, it's, it's if it doesn't spark joy. If it sparks yeah. joy... You keep it. Like if you're like, oh, I, I really do want this. This is meaningful for my life. You keep it. If it doesn't, you thank it. I, even, I love what she says for clothing, especially when it's a shirt that you never have worn, but you own it. She says... You need to thank it for letting you know what kind of shirts you don't like to wear, <laughs> which is true. You know, yeah, very straightforward. Um, I really, I, I, I'm just gonna pause here and say, I really, it really resonates with me how she treats objects like they have spirits, which mm-hmm. is very much like uh, Japanese Shinto religion. This idea of inanimate objects having a spirit, and she honors and, the house too. And she honors the house whenever she enters a, new, a house. She kneels mm-hmm. and she kind of talks to the house and thanks it. And those are really emotional moments. I find myself feeling like really, you really meditate and contemplate the gift of shelter. Some in people those cry. Yeah. It's, it, it's surprisingly moving. Yeah. After clothing, she moves on to books and paper. 
which is a controversial topic we'll get to. And then kimono, which is kitchen, bath, garage, and anything miscellaneous. And then finally, she saves the, the hardest thing to tackle for last. And I think that's because she wants you to build up your capacity to figure out what sparks joy mm-hmm. and, and what's not is you tackle your sentimental items, the yeah. things that you're the least likely to get rid of. And also letting go. A lot of people on the show had to build up to letting go. Yeah. Even when it's something you would, for some people might be meaningless, like a, a shirt, but some people put a lot of emotional attachments into clothes or even a spatula or something. It's hard for some people to just throw stuff out. Mm-hmm. And who knows? I don't, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of it went to donations too. I'd assume. Yeah, people donated it. You know, yeah. they some, sometimes they sold it. Yeah. Or they threw it out. They, it goes to different places. But I also love when Marie comes in and she sees the mess. Everyone always apologizes to her about mm-hmm. the mess because they're embarrassed. And she goes, "No, I love mess." And I totally feel that because for her, it's a project. Yeah. She gets the satisfaction of helping this person clean up their mess and then now there's an organized space i was reading um an interview with her and she talks about how she came into being an organizational consultant and that her whole life is built around tidying up and she talks about how when other kids would go out to recess she would stay behind and organize the books on the bookshelf and her moment of realizing that she would look at tidying up from the perspective of what sparks joy came from when she was so obsessed with keeping things tidy, she would put all this pressure on herself to just get rid of things mm-hmm. all the time. There was a day that that choice was overwhelming. She couldn't think of anything to get rid of. And she like had like a little breakdown. I think she even describes it as passing out. Oh, wow. Which I don't think I believe. But I, I, I think at that point she realized, oh, I need to look at this from the other mm-hmm. perspective, a different lens, which is not what do I need to get rid of, but what, what can I keep that's really going to be meaningful to me, which I think is, it's, it's such a, sh- a subtle uh, shift in thinking, but it's very powerful. And I realized actually, I was helping my mom clean out uh, our storage space. We were just trying to downsize and get everything to fit into her apartment. And we didn't need the storage space anymore because a lot of it was my childhood crap. Mm-hmm. Over break, I went through all of that and I got rid of most of it. It feels I good. I didn't sold it or um, donated it. And it feels great, but I had to go through the process. And I think it's because I feel like there's a Toy Story element to all my belongings, like it has a spirit, and I'm that's like, what I think. and I'm like, little souls. and I'm like letting it down by giving it up. I'm I breaking create, up yeah. with it, like my Beanie Babies. I had to, I had to handle all of them and be like, basically, thank you, and now you go into the box for donation. It's a powerful part of that process, which is like, if things are hard to give up, really think about them, like, and touch them, and think, do I need this? Am I going to take it into my future? Yeah, it's also tough with things that. You could possibly see yourself using because those are, you know, childhood toys. Mm-hmm. So the likelihood of you whipping out your beanie babies and having a, a ball is probably, I don't know. Maybe well, it's, it's not remote. It's not but... remote, but it's less likely. But for me, <laughs> if I have, you know, a makeup bag and I get all these, you know, I have a little a bunch of lipsticks in there. I'm like, oh, I might want to wear this lipstick I haven't worn in 10 years, you know, yeah. next week or something. It's a little more hard because, like, you know. Makeup, you could foresee yourself using it or... Yeah, utility is a barrier because you always think, well, I need that just in case I do this, right? Mm -hmm. I need that coat because sometimes it gets cold when really, even when it does get cold, you don't wear that coat. Yeah. But you think like, well, I just need to have these options. Being a little harder on on yourself and on that thing and really thinking like, is this something I actually use even in those moments of need? Yeah. I totally buy her method of organization. I I think it works. 
But here's, let's talk about the coziness aspect of this. What often ends up happening, or the threat, is making space so minimal that does it become devoid of personality? I think there's a balance of everything, and I think this, that situation applies to it because when I have the opportunity to really clean my house or if I throw a bunch of stuff away or I go to the thrift store and donate, I come home, I might have a glass of wine, read a book in my nice clean space, and I feel a sense of peace. And I think coziness is attached to peace. Yes. You can actually enjoy your space and, yeah, curl up and just feel content and calm because there's a lot of frenetic energy sometimes when you have a cluttered space and there's a you know difference between like you said a nice cozy clutter versus just you can't think right you know and so i think there's a lot of different things at play i think it depends on what kind of clutter we're talking about do you feel a sense of peace in your home and guys i think peace is is cozy it's hard to be cozy when you don't feel peaceful yeah and the clear space is a clear mind yeah you know, I, I'm at my happiest when I have just cleaned my apartment. Exactly. And I've decluttered and I know where I can know where I can find everything. I totally agree. Like I, I, there is a balance because I think you can go too far into never amassing anything that feels personal or meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. Because the, what I like about the KonMari method is you don't get rid of things just to get rid of them or just to clean up. It's not about getting rid of things. It's just about checking in mm-hmm. and saying, do I still want this? Yeah, it's an important distinction to make because yeah. it's make me happy. I yeah. did I did laugh, though, when she was going through the photos and I think her demonstrating how you get rid of sentimental things and there's, like, photos of her children. And she's just... <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> that, did make, that did make me laugh. And also a little side note, I, it's hard for me to concentrate sometimes because I just imagined, imagined her, you know, if the cameras followed her back to her house... And she just has like, like a big New York accent. She's like fooled them all. And she's like, and she's in her like her messy house. Because <laughs> she just seems so perfect. What is she like at home? Because she does she put on drunk, that kind of like I just no. <laughs> she gets wasted. No, but she does kind of put on that perfect, always positive energy, joyful, um, and it's great. And I want to believe that's her 24 seven, but I guess as a human being, I struggle with that. Yeah. And so, maybe you feel a little uncomfortable. That's the I, only I, thread. You know, I, it's hard to even just imagine her frowning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think also a part in part two with the language barrier, because my partner's grandmother doesn't speak um, English. And so a lot of the times we're just smiling at each other. We'll try and say something. We're always laughing because we don't know what else to say this is you're not trying to create like an easy moment yeah trying yeah. to create an easy moment i'm not saying this is what was happening there but i think with their interpreter there's more room to mm-hmm. just yeah let's just smile and nod at each other because we there's that like miscommunication factor the interpreter's great she is and she's quick because yeah. i i would be the worst <laughs> i can only imagine me as an interpreter me as a pilot <laughs> or just like i just be those are not for me these are all things i want to imagine because they make me happy <laughs> just, you would get so frazzled in between the translation. Well, um, I guess she said, um, wait, hold on. What, what did you say? Can you repeat that? I'm going to start making stuff up just because I'd be getting just be on the spot. And Jillian would start World War Three with her <laughs> interpreting. Well, speaking of World War Three, um, what did you think about the couples? Some of these couples on oh, the show. Oh, some of the couples on the show. Well, one of the things I love about this show 
is it's one of the least produced in terms of creating fake conflict between the couples. Mm-hmm. They come That's and true. bring their own oh, yeah. drama oh, right yeah. to the table. But it's not that kind of like fake reality TV drama. You, it's real relationship mm-hmm. issues that clearly they're trying to work through and and rise above. And it just comes percolating to the oh, surface yeah. in different interactions. It's real as it gets. Yeah, really. And, and you know, some of them directly address like, you know, we're having an issue working on this together. But others, you can just, they never d- directly address it, but you can just see the tension. Mm-hmm. I notice it's usually like there's one person in the relationship who wanted Marie Kondo there to fix the house. Yeah. And there's another person who did not want this to be happening. I think and the, th- there's the central conflict. The Empty Nesters was a good, um, I think it was the third episode. That's an example of it to me because the husband was just basically like, yeah, she wanted her here, so I know their choice. Yeah, he's already thinking about, like, I do not want to get rid of my baseball cards. He was he was just like, yeah, I'm here for the ride. Um, the first couple was a little bit jarring because they're, they seem so at odds. But And that's, I guess, like, my, next, my next thought is, do you think the show itself was cozy? I think so. I thought it was a cozy in the sense where it was nice to see the end result. And I felt a oh, wave yeah. of relief. That's the best part of the show is oh, that yeah. relief of like, oh, the space is transformed. Yeah. Some of the some of the spaces didn't need that much work to begin with, or they were organizational. So it's like, oh yeah, the their drawer is more clean. Mm-hmm. So it's not as satisfying. The empty nester one is especially satisfying. Yes, that was those nutcrackers. Because she's a hoarder. Oh yeah, well that's the, the only context. episode where like you're watching it and you're like, oh, that's not a normal cluttery yeah, to have situation. Like hundred nutcrackers. Yeah, every other episode, the people are are, are pretty average in terms of like, yeah, I. I we all have got let things get a little too out of control and you can relate to them. That house was insane. She has a, a billion nutcrackers. Like Jillian said, her whole room, like it's, it's Alonzo Duraldi's dream, uh, yeah. rec room. Cause it's just filled with Christmas decorations, whole basement, the whole basement, which she somehow is not able to put things in a box. That's her like central issue apparently, which is like, she doesn't know that bins exist and you can put things away in bins. Well, I love how she said, try, I love when people try and justify their, you know, insanity. She's like, well, I want, I need to bring Christmas to each home, each room in my house. Do you need to bring Christmas to every single room with 60 nutcrackers? You can <laughs> put a little, put a lights yeah, up Yeah, mix here. it up a little bit. Um, um, but I did love her enthusiasm for Christmas. That was also the episode that hit the most home for me because it's the same types of clutter that I would have, which are holiday decorations and cards. So Speaking your language. Yeah, so I, I paid close attention to how they addressed that issue. They, they did overcome it. Um, and I guess maybe maybe they're not... They're, their hoarding isn't so bad because at least she was able to process and get rid of a lot of stuff and organize it. Yeah. If you've ever seen an episode of Hoarders, which is not a cozy show. No, it's definitely not. Those hoarders do not give up stuff at all. It's a battle. And that's what I was kind of bracing myself for. But most people seemed... Ready. Pretty into it. I Maybe they had to sign something in the beginning. Say, hey, listen, it's not the type of show where I'm going to... Marie is going to, you know, going to go head to head. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to say yeah and do it. There were some episodes where it did feel like overnight. They would just... Mm -hmm. uh, A switch would flip and all of a sudden they're totally fine with... Uh, you know, I was thinking about it last night, and I think I finally get what we're doing yeah. here. The producers remind me of my contract. Yeah, and- exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. I was like, oh, someone stepped in and was like, yeah. if you're going to be this difficult, we're just going to go find another family. Yeah. We need the after shots, so figure it out. If that means just throwing everything in the yard while we pretend it's, it's clean, <laughs> that's what it's going to take. I do wonder if there are some families in the show that, like, they really did take this stuff out of the house and then just brought it back in right after recording. 
<laughs> yeah, they had their they were in just storage space anticipating it and as soon as Marie left. Yeah. Came also, back into the house. Yeah, that, that Marie, she's uh definitely a, a character. I just imagine her getting caught underneath the piles because she's so tiny. It, it, she's like in constant a, danger. She goes into, she really you is. know, be a rescue mission real quick in there. Homes where there's stacks and stacks of boxes and, but you know, she's brave. So but she yeah, can handle it. I think the, the bottom line is that a sense of peace and calm is cozy. Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess it's yeah, different for everyone. Going back to the central question, is minimalism cozy? I think ultimately order is cozy. Mm-hmm. Knowing where things are, that's cozy. And there can be minimal spaces that, let you focus on the relationships in your life and the book you're reading and the mm-hmm. food you're eating. And that feels great and clean and nice. But I, there also is a, there is a form of minimalism and I think it's almost just the trendy sort of clean look of a lot of restaurants. We talked about this before, like that kind of whitewash Edison bulb <laughs> space at that point that where minimalism feels it gets a little pretty but it's not cozy because it just uh, to me it just lacks individual identity. Mm-hmm. That's where it can be a little tenuous for me. Yeah, um, I, I agree. There's a fine line because there were some things w- they would show the houses, and once they took away a lot of the clutter, what they left behind were some decor that felt like they just went to Home Goods and just picked up random stuff that meant nothing, mm-hmm. and then put it out there. And it's like I, we needed something to put on this table. Yeah, and I just I don't I don't I'm not there for that. There's a difference between efficiency and order because I think like, yeah. a lot of these times they're they're just going for what's the most efficient thing, and sometimes I think efficiency can be a little cold yeah. if you're just existing to live as uh, seamlessly as possible, which is nice, but also that can get a little robotic. I think so. Like I said, there's a fine line between a sense of order and versus like a harsh efficiency that you feel like you need to adhere to because you just have to function at your highest level at all times. Yeah. And, that's us. Yeah, it goes into a big topic there. Now, the the one other topic I think we need to address, which is the Twitter controversy around how she handles books. So, from what I gathered, was people are just upset that she was encouraging people to throw out books. Yeah, I, she said that ideally people should have around thirty books. Well, the only thing I'll say about that is because I recently cleaned out my bookshelf, not before the show, because I got a new one, so I need to. Um, get rid of some things and you know looking through there's actually one moment where I, I related to you because Matt and I went to this wild reading in Baltimore um, I'm not going to name the book or the author but it involved a song and chant I believe the yeah. reading and I had that book it was hard to sit through it was hard to sit through and I carried this book from Baltimore to Los Angeles and I looked at it because it, it was a nice memory of us it, mm-hmm. I, I had like a little sentimental moment. It's like, oh, me and Matt had this really nice time with this reading and it reminded us our friendship. And I actually had a little, you know, a little moment with it. But then I thought to myself, do I want this crazy man's book on my shelf? <laughs> it's not a good book. And I've I, tried reading no, it. And I donated it. So that was an example of, yeah, I'm just tossing books left and right. But do I really need this book? And the memory will, will be there with exactly. or without the book. Yeah. So there's a lot of books. Or I always would buy um, those journals at the um the used bookstore just like oh you know like oh an anthology whatever and i'd read it but do i need to hang on to an anthology from 2005 mm-hmm. no <laughs> toss it yeah absolutely i that books going through books were a, a big part of my 
clean up from the storage space situation. I actually found getting rid of books, even though I feel such a connection to books. I know a lot of biblio- bibliophiles are listening right now. I get how I, I, I feel like we already have some listeners who are like ready to write us a scathing email, but yeah. like, but really, like I was going through my old college books and stuff, and I'm I'm keeping this these Jane Eyre books and Charles Dickens. I was an English major, so I have a lot of books you sort of have to read as an English major. And I always thought like I would amass a beautiful library, a la Beauty and the Beast. And so I always had to keep every book so that one day when I had my library, I, ha- I would have things to put in it. It's and, a beautiful thought. Right, isn't it? We're poor. But, <laughs> but we're poor. And more importantly, we move a lot. So mm-hmm. what really lost that for me was if you pick up a box full of books, it's heavy. Oh, yeah. You know, and you, no one wants to move all of that. Nope. I, so at every stage of my life when I've moved, I've gotten rid of books. But this was the biggest purge I ever made. I went to Half Price Books, sold them, got a little check, felt I got cash. Oh, I should have gotten felt, a check. <laughs> I went to my local library and I don't even know if they want my stuff. So oh, no, that was, that was a much kinder thing to do. I was feeling greedy. No, I should have been greedy. <laughs> Once again, I'm poor. <laughs> and anyway, so I realized like going through it that just like you're saying, it's like, I'm not going to read this book. Yeah. And there was the backlash of the backlash on Twitter. People saying like, oh, everyone's personality is so tied up in books and it doesn't make you special because you like books. And people need to relax. Well, I don't think... I think that's also, like, an unfair... Curse them a little bit. Some... I don't... I think some... It's okay to just love books. I don't think... Yeah. So I think maybe some people are doing that. They try and... To performative. Cultivate, yeah, perform before performative. But I get that a lot sometimes, too, where I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I have I have books. I'm like, it, almost like a, a judging, like, oh, yeah, you must you really like books or something like that. But I just... Can I just not love books if I go into your home and I see a bunch of i don't know special moment figurines am i gonna (laughs) have at it i don't care i don't know why people people... do you mean precious moments (laughs) precious moments (laughs) i'm sorry i should have let that go but precious moments moments. (laughs) those off brand special moments (laughs) special moments seem so much more carlton cards presents special moments it's like a little more sinister special moments but anyways, that's another. That's a whole nother. <laughs> made us erase all of that. That was. A, that was a. Yeah, that's just a, a whole thing. And to each their own. I really don't care what to you. Each, do. To each their own is 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 the. Is, Throw out your books. I totally agree. Throw them out. Keep them. Whatever. I do. I do I really think that care. like what I like about Marie says is your book should reflect where you are currently. Yes. And I totally agree with that. Like why 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 hang on to books from college that you'll never open up. When you mm-hmm. could be making space for books that really um, matter to you right now, that you mm-hmm. will pick up off the shelf, that will get some uh, some love, you know. No, I think so. that's I think it's a good wise approach. If and, you love something, give it away. And you know, some people are reaping the the benefits of our tossing out the books. That's right. So I like to think about all those things that get to live a second life. Me too. Because you're letting it go, and someone's going to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You're, we're just holding on to it. Because we're being greedy, mm-hmm. someone else could actually be loving that book, yeah. loving that Beanie Baby, and you're just putting it in a box. No, he's no, your BBBs are living. The I gave them to my the... nieces and nephews. Yeah, so I know for sure, like they're getting played with. Mm-hmm. Get them to actual children. Not all of them. I did keep a select few. Well, they're special. The friend. elite. <laughs> the elite. <laughs> and, and it's not based on value because there's not a single Beanie Baby. <laughs> 
that's worth anything. Oh. They're all dirt. They sound like they're living the life. The elite Beanie My mom Babies. sent me this article that says, your Beanie Babies are actually worth blah, 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 million dollars. And no, they're like not. old people always do that. Oh, there's, a, you know, there's gold in the... Right. Well, just because someone lists something on eBay does not mean that anyone's buying it at that price. Exactly. Look, so, at, look at completed sales and you'll see that like just because somebody put a Princess Diana Beanie Baby up there for $1.5 million, the completed sales will tell a totally different story. She's selling for like $9 max. Yeah. That's, she's not expensive. Anyway, any final thoughts on Marie Kondo? No, I'm, I'm ready to say thank you. Ready to say thank you and move on. Move on. Thank you to this topic. Yeah, thank you. And we're moving on to a brand new segment we're calling Soothing Sounds. Talk about soothing sounds. (laughs) I really have had the need to clear my throat all night. (laughs) I did. I was just, I thought if I went away from the I really thought that all the wind chimes are going on, you're burping over there. Like... (laughs) <laughs> That's my very soothing sound. Very, very soothing. Soothing for you, soothing for your belly. There you yeah. go. Soothing sounds is where we'll talk about music that's making us feel cozy. And the, the genesis of this segment is the reason we're adding it is that for the cozy awards, we realize that like <laughs> we listen to music, but we don't listen to it that often yeah. or new music. You know, the hits. And so when it comes time to nominate cozy songs, we find ourselves like only drawing on whatever we're listening to kind of currently. And the list is kind of wonky because and it's, of it. it's wonky and it feels like it's only one type of music and mm-hmm. it's just not robust enough. And so we're hoping that if we push ourselves to share music that we're enjoying at the moment, not only does that, you know, it's nice to be able to share that and recommend music and hopefully you, you also enjoy it, but it gives us a nice roster to pick yeah. from when we do the third annual Cozy Awards. So... As luck would have it, actually, and this was not uh, planned, we picked the two different songs off of the same record. Yep. So, Jillian, your, your clip is up first. So can you introduce this artist and her album? So this is Jupiter 4 by Sharon Van Etten, and I do not know the album to uh, the top of my head. The album is called Remind Me Tomorrow. It's her new album. Yeah, and it's just a really, I was going to say soothing, that's the title of the segment, it's just a very calming and beautiful kind of like a tad bit haunting, but... Oh, definitely haunting. Yeah. But I, it has this grinding synth to mm-hmm. it that I'm in love with. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful sound to I, me. I've been, I, I love that, I've I love been, that um, synth sound. listening to it on repeat, and I especially listened to it last week because um, I just needed to feel centered and just dive deep into a song you really love. You know, sometimes you're jumping around from different songs to songs and whatever might come up, but um, it's just nice to hide in a way in a song that you love mm-hmm. and just listen to it over and over again and hibernate there. And that's yeah. what I've been doing with this song. And we're actually going to see her. That's live right. Soon. In March. Yeah. Yeah. So play away. Here we go. Here is Jupiter 4 by Sharon Van Etten.
didn't want it to end. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was losing myself in it. Yeah. It's, and it builds up too. And I love songs that build to something. And oh yeah, there's a release that. Yeah. I didn't want the clip to go on forever, but yeah, it, it, it gets there and it's really yeah, satisfying. Yeah, it's, it's very, very satisfying. I can't wait to actually go home and listen to it. <laughs> so I, I absolutely adore it. And it's, I'm so glad you, rec- you chose that song because it was going to be my choice. And then I thought, well, I'll go for the more upbeat song. Mm-hmm. But truly, I think Jupiter 4 is the one that I'm living in the most, just like you, because it, it is so enveloping. It just sort of pulls you yeah, into it. Yeah, it's like it. you're underwater and just... And the album has a nice balance of these slower, darker songs, but then these really catchy, sort of poppy um, singles like "Comeback Kid" is is really great. But I especially wanted to highlight a song on the on the album called "Seventeen." Just listen to it. Here we go. "Seventeen" by Sharon Vanetton. voice is so beautiful it is she has a beautiful voice it's so unusual it's it's kind of different mm-hmm. there's a lot of f- power behind it it's just very a nostalgic song yeah that you know i think it has like a definitely a hint of sadness and whenever mm-hmm. i listen to it, even though it's so upbeat oh yeah yeah it's just that departure i'm okay. a sucker for a synth mm-hmm. oh yeah so if your song sounds like it came from the 80s I'm probably already halfway on board, so... I like songs that keep it moving, too, sometimes. So, we really highly recommend Sharon Van Etten and this album, Remind Me Tomorrow. It just came out this month. She's going on tour, coming to a city near you. Check her out. She's on Spotify and all the other streaming services. Yeah, she's a great... She's been around for a while. Um, This is her fifth record. Yeah, she's been going for a long time. I've listened to all the, some of her other stuff before. This sounds very unique. This is different for her. Yeah, she does more in the past, think. Stripped down. Ballads. Ballads, yeah. It's, these, are, these are much busier songs. But I don't think it compromises. No, not at all. Her, I think yeah. it's, I, I, I prefer it, personally. Yeah. We're just like big, big fans. Yeah, we're big fans. And you should be too. So take, check her out. And yeah, so there's Soothing Sounds. We did it. I but like it, Soothing Sounds. We also have a returning fave. So we actually, we... we posed to all of you like should we add a segment should we add a segment and keep celebrities that call us because we were concerned about overstuffing the podcast and so we're just kind of testing the waters out today we're doing both yeah i guess we'll keep it open get a podcast that can do both we can yeah so we're still getting visited by our friend the owl who who we discussed today on celebrities that call us I think I can't ever give up this segment because I still, I always, so I always want the owl to be around. No. So I don't want to have to kill the owl. Well, we'll, we'll leave this we, one for discussion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the celebrity that's calling me this week is Olivia Coleman. She was uh, the queen and the favorite. She's going to be Queen Elizabeth II in The Crown on Netflix the next season. And she was in uh, Fleabag. Uh, a show you can watch on Amazon. Um, and she's all around a, an amazing actress. And she's having a banner year. She's cozy to me because 
I like we like our workhorses. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, a smooth operator, as Jillian might say. And she just always delivers fascinating, gripping performances. And I'm glad she's having this moment in the sun and people are are realizing how great she is. I know a lot of people probably out there have already they knew they've known Olivia Coleman for years. I feel like I'm a little late to the party. And I'm wondering where she's been my whole life. Well, I think it's cozy, the celebration factor. And so I guess our moment in the sun yeah. and it's so well-deserved. That's a, that's a cozy feeling. Absolutely. Vindication. So Olivia Coleman is my cozy celebrity. Jillian, uh, hoo-hoo is making you feel cozy this week. Matt, it's more rivet, rivet. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's right. Um, I'm really on my last leg, but I will say Kermit the Frog, and I'm not just th- <laughs> I'm not just throwing it out there. I truly that's a great choice. He just is like such a sweet little guy. Even when Miss Piggy was harassing him, he was always <laughs> so polite. <laughs> but from my recollection, he was you know I thought he's just a polite Muppet. Um, most of them are. Well, actually, that's right. not true. Well, so she not. Miss Piggy. Yeah, I thought... Always karate chopping. I didn't have his yeah. little... God, I can't do his voice, but I always liked his little... Hmm. hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing Muppet voices anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but I really loved him as a kid. Um, I love that music video he did with Miss Piggy when um that that song, the Kokomo song. Oh, yeah. And it was so funny. They're cute. They're cute. I, w- I was at a screening of The Witches with Angelica Houston the other day, and um, we were just going together. She was, she was, it was a, she was speaking, obviously. They're talking about Jim Henson, how he always would approach making his shows as if he, his audience were adults. And I think that shows. Yeah. And kids are there for the slapstick and for the Muppets, but r- adults can also watch it because... It's funny for adults, and it's mm-hmm. it's all ages fun, and that's why I always loved the Muppet Show, and I think that's why it's such a a, a property that has so much life to it. You kind of remind me of Kermit, yeah, a, a sweet, nice m- man. <laughs> I guess Kermit's not a man. Hmm. Yeah, 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 you're right. yeah, uh, yeah. A nice little polite Kermit. Oh, thank you. Um, going on to the candle, what are we sniffing? <laughs> Jillian's moving right ahead with that. What are we sniffing today? Well, also my fear is with, now we go back to these segments, you know, I guess well, the listeners, you really have to let us know because I guess if we had a guest on... It would add a lot of weight. It would. Yes, the candles. So we are burning a woodwick candle. We haven't burned a woodwick in a long time. We haven't burned a woodwick in a long time. This, I'm on my ribbon wick BS because... <laughs> Ever since uh, Kate Littleton gifted us that candle, that ribbon wick candle, I've been obsessed with yeah. these longer wicks, and I love I love a big wick. Well, that's quite clear. This is a different brand. It's Woodwick is owned by Yankee Candles. You can buy Woodwick and Yankee mm-hmm. Candles, and uh, it's that thing where it, like it um, crackles. I can put the mic up, and you can hear it. Oh, that's a nice sound. What I love about the ribbon wicks is it, it creates this like solid flame. It, it burns really evenly in the candle. Again, this is a redwood scent. And I got this on sale. And I'm, I, I forget every year that after Christmas, Yankee does a massive clearance sale. That everything's seven, well, sorry, it was 60% off oh, wow. everything in the store. I don't know why I ever go any other time of the year because you can clean house if you just wait in January, go that one week after Christmas. Um, and get, yeah, it was a good deal. 
And so also like woodbooks are expensive mm-hmm. and they were not on this deal. This was 60% off. What do you think? Hmm. It's a little too sweet for me, I think. It, 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 is, it is a little more cologne Yeah, more cologne but I like that it has a good throw. I feel, I have mixed feelings about the throw. Woodwick throw, and, cause, and, I, and I'm saying this because my mom was burning a woodwick candle over the holidays, is so powerful. I feel like it makes my eyes water a little mm-hmm. bit. It's, it sort of stings. Really? It doesn't feel entirely healthy. Oh. <laughs> With this candle, we have to keep it in the kitchen, and it, the whole apartment smells because the throw is so powerful. But when we burn it too close, it's overwhelming. So it's like, it, it does have an amazing throw. The throw is almost too good. Yeah. You can't get too close to its blast radius because it's a lot of scent coming at you. Mm-hmm. The, the redwood scent um, is described not, kind of, not very helpfully as uh, a complex scent combining rich redwood, like duh, with sandalwood and soft amber. Overall, like, it's a woody scent. Yeah. It's masculine. Um, I, I like masculine scents. I like it. I, I, I agree. It's a little too sweet. Um, so maybe I do a 1.5 just because it's a little too much. Yeah, I think I think 1.5 as a combined oh, yes, rating no. is perfect for this yeah. candle. It's like I, I, there is something going on with these woodwood candles. Like they're very effective, mm-hmm. almost too effective. Yeah, I <laughs> think that's because it's hard to even concentrate on the smell because it is so overpowering. But yeah. you got to give it props for yeah. being able to scent up a home. It's definitely not like one of those candles you burn. You're like, where's the scent? Yeah. And you get the crackle. Which is nice. Yeah, which is Or nice. annoying. I don't know. However you want to look at it. I like it. It's like having, I can't have a fireplace, so this is as close as I'm going to get. All right. Well, that does it for today's episode. Before we go, I want to quickly shout out to New listeners re- who left reviews yeah. for us. Five-star it's a reviews. Nice Christmas treat. You know, it really does mean a lot to us when people take the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To me, it's a little bit... You're a superhero if you take the time to do that. Um, it's very it keeps nice. us going. It's very nice. And so if you do have a spare moment and you like the show, you know, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and give us a review and we'll read it and we'll cherish it forever. Yeah. We will, it will always give us joy mm-hmm. and we will not thank it <laughs> so that it goes away. Um, but we'll thank you so you do more of them. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to stop that and <laughs> just read them. There are two new reviews on Apple. And the first is by Jaina O., and she wrote, this is cozy. I love listening to these two great topics, great guests, smiley face. Thank, thank you, Jaina. You. We really so appreciate sweet. it. Very sweet. Um, we love that you listen. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Next by Luxcrete, this review, and it's, it's exceptional. So brace yourself. It's the silky fur of the warm coat of the sweet cat atop the knitted blanket on your lap, perched comfortably upon the soft leather armchair by the flickering glow of the crackling log in the brick hearth of your winter cabin in the small town by the lake in the dark hours of a windy night in the snowy midwinter, close your eyes and savor its purr. And he mentioned the wind, so... There you go. <laughs> Thank you for that poetry. That was beautiful. I, was... I was actually trying to read it to Jay um, the other day. Yeah. And she I got a kick out of it. So It's so well thought out. and It really sticks out. It yeah. really sticks out and... Yeah, thank you for writing us such a thoughtful review. Yeah, th- thank you for all of your adjectives. We really appreciate yeah, them. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who gives us a shout out. Yeah. It always brings a smile to my face. I'll check it every so often. I see a new one. It was a little, was it pep in my step? Yeah. Our steps are peppier Not because of your anymore. reviews. Anyway, you can talk to us on Facebook at our uh, Facebook podcast group. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we ha- we're on Instagram at All Things Cozy Podcast. We're both on Twitter individually. I think that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We're and, back. Oh yeah. Hope you're having a great start to the new year. That's right. Well, it, we're firmly into this new year in February, but. Well, you know, chugging along. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. We'll be back for uh, our, our regular release pace. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And between then, as always, stay, stay cozy. cozy.